That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on a kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. This is a personnel issue. Ish. I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again from the Valley himself, is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. It was a great game. Um, game one. A lot close. The final score was a lot closer than the game actually was, but you know. Are you saying that you just gotta, to make them feel better? Yes. No, 100 percent Um yeah, okay. shout out to Mavs fans out there. You know, anytime you start, you have monstrous front court of Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell, you know. DeAndre Aiden can't help but shake his boots as he's <laughs> reaching over them for another putback. <laughs> I yeah, I I I took yeah. I I I saw the over under for DeAndre Aiden was 18 and a half. I was like, all right, we can check that one off right now. Like, That's, <laughs> that one's going listen, over. <laughs> listen, it's it's the reason why, and I'm I'm sure Jason Kidd knows this now, or you probably know this heading in. The reason why the Jazz were much more suited, I think, to to lose to the Mavs was because a Rudy Gobert is not going to go at you on offense, right? Like, you can space the floor. Maxi Kleba can do his thing. And Dwight Powell can kind of make the hustle points because they know he's not going to do anything on offense. But when you play a DeAndre Ayton, you can still space the floor. Maxi Kleba played fine offensively. But he has to, has to do some defending on the other end in this game. So yeah. Not so yeah. easy. Not so easy. Um, yeah, I had Suns and five going to the series. I don't know if that'll be right. Maybe Mavs win a couple, but as a as a fan, I can't do predictions. So, <laughs> or at least I, I don't do predictions. I could do one, but I don't. I was like, do I was like, you Every, can't. Every, a everybody in the office, everybody in the office is like, oh, what do you think? Uh, yesterday was like, oh, what do you think? Uh, and I'm just like, no comment. Like I'm just not, just not. I don't do this. I don't. I don't do it. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I've never. You probably. I don't know if you felt this way as a Spurs fan in the, their last run, but it was like I never. I don't make. I don't. When you're the number one seed and like the favorite or one of the favorites, I you just don't. Nope, I'm not picking in five. I'm not picking. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna win it. All. Nope. Just experience a ride. We'll just see what happens. No, I actually now that I think about it, that, definitely makes sense. That's definitely the right way to look at it. So, um, yeah, let's let's talk college basketball. We have plenty to talk about today. So over the last week, um, Texas Tech is going to be our headliner for the, on the men's side. But there's what I have six or seven other transfer news, I think, mm -hmm. points to talk about. Then on the women's side, I think we have a couple of really interesting points here. So let's start with Texas Tech. Kevin McCuller leaves uh, final two of, what was it, Gonzaga and Kansas? Mm -hmm. Is that correct? You sent that to me. Uh, Terrence yep. Shannon to Illinois. We'll talk about that in a second in a little bit more depth. Uh, Davion Harmon and Fardraws 
a make iMac I think that's right. All right, we'll call him Far Draws. <laughs> uh, FA. They they add him uh, as well. Highly touted uh, transfer. Um, Kevin McCuller entered the portal. I was looking. I was looking through it. I don't know exactly when. It was some about about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that when you sent that to me, it didn't surprise me that that would be his final two final two options. I don't know. I feel like it's just weird because at this point we're seeing players of uh, Kevin McCuller caliber kind of get to Kansas. And I don't know that that's a big, that's a pretty big jump if they're expecting him to be a starter on that team. No. Sure. Unless they think like, unless they see him as a specialist around like a defensive secondary ball handler um, specialist type thing, which I, I mean, you know, that's what he was at tech, right? He was oh, sure. the, and so I think I think if they kind of, especially if they're more offensive oriented than Tech was, like if they just need like a specialist on that side to be like, hey, you're just the guy that guards the best player, can kind of take the ball and then can kind of shoot. You know, we don't need you to do that much. But um, yeah, I still think it's it's he's an interesting move. I think if you're, I'd be more interested to see him with Bet with Gonzaga. Me too, because like. Kansas, I think he slots right in. You know, they always go for experience. They always go for kind of uh, multi-year guys. Um, and so I think he'll flip right in with whoever they assemble there. But Gonzaga is the one where I'm just like, I don't – again, teams teams probably like specialists, and they, they like I said, they'll probably use him as a secondary ball handler. But I can't see him fitting right as easily with Gonzaga. Gonzaga is the move. Gonzaga is the move where if he goes there, I think he's trying to, like, be – and like he's trying to raise his NBA stock significantly because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if that Gonzaga would work. Like you said, Kansas, you look at it, Kevin McCullough, Kansas makes sense in a vacuum. Like you just yeah. plug him in piece of the puzzle. He can do that. He can do what he did at tech at Kansas, um, potentially on a team that will have more talent. Uh, mm-hmm. Gonzaga obviously has the talent, but I don't think he will go there as just a puzzle piece. I think he's going to go there looking to be like, I'm going to excel in this role and be a scorer for this team on, a national stage and so right um that that's gonna that's interesting to me it is a big loss for texas tech but i, I don't know i'm interested to see who they continue to, to bring in because we see people leave tech and now they're gonna have to start adding some quality players to replace them and if you lose bryson williams if you lose kevin mcculler you bring back kevin o'banner I think it's going to be an interesting offseason for them, but we'll talk about the two additions here in a second. I mean, yeah. I didn't even mention Terrence Shannon as well. True. Yeah. So, I think uh, um, yeah. I do wonder like who they're, because we don't know that many players right now as far as like targets or like tar- team players are targeting right now on the portal. Um, and I think Mark Adams tweeted out that it was kind of a mutual decision. Um, so I wonder if it was one of those things where it was like, Mark Adams sees that they're probably close to adding somebody that might take away from McCullers minutes. And they kind of, let me see. There was a tweet. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, from Mark Adams. We all wish Kevin McCullough the best on his decision to remain in the NBA draft. These are difficult decisions for our student athletes and he deserves our respect. This was a mutual decision that I believe will work out as he pursues his dream of playing in the NBA. So of course, you know, uh, that, that was, I think that was after the news about his final two came out too. So regardless, he's not going back to tech. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if like the Devion Harmon news was like, Hey, cause like, I mean, we can talk about, you know, we can kind of go into that a little bit. Like Devion Harmon's a specific type of player. 
and you don't add a Davion Harmon if you're not going to give him the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the Davion Harmon addition has been puzzling to me over the last four days mm-hmm. um, uh, for this team. And obviously, you're not going to have the same team and the same exact style from year to year. I, we saw that with Chris Beard at Tech, you know, uh, with Matt McClung and whatnot. Uh, I would argue Mac McClung makes more sense of an addition than Davion Harmon, though. Davion Harmon, and everything that I've seen from him from high school to college at Oklahoma, and um, I, I admittedly didn't watch a ton of Oregon last year, but I assume mm-hmm. the same thing at Oregon. I don't see this as being an addition that takes Texas Tech to another level. I, I really just don't. I don't see Davion Harmon as a huge, like, as being one of the top six seven point guards in the big 12 by any means i don't think he can be mike miles i don't think he can be marcus carr so you like you said he's a plays a very specific style and if you don't give him the ball he can't shoot davion Harmon can't um at least not a high clip off ball and i'm getting so many calls um if that's the case he's either starting or he's your backup point guard and I hope he's the backup point guard here because I'll I'll take the bullet. I don't think Davion Harmon is what Texas Tech needs, and I don't think he's good enough of a point guard in the Big 12 to take you over the top. And I think we saw that Oklahoma in the multiple years he was there. He, they, he was not a, someone who moved the needle for me. Yeah. I think um, for those of you that don't know, Davion Harmon, a former Dan Geyer point guard, uh, he played with uh, Jalen Wilson and I believe I'm forgetting a couple. Grayson Carter, I think, was on that team as well. Kobe Coles was on that team. Kobe Coles as well. It was a really stacked and guy team. He was a starting point guard. Yeah. Um, the thing that you saw with him was like, and I don't mean that, like, this isn't hyperbole. It was like his first step legitimately was like, that's like a, like a, a, a mini Westbrook, right? Like you saw the way he got to the rim was like, oh, nobody can stay in front of this guy, right? Um, in high school. The problem with that was that similar to Westbrook, uh, he probably wasn't the lead guard you wanted with that kind of team, right? Um, Because a lot of the times he would try to go in the lane, you know, three dudes, two dudes waiting for him, packed lane. And, you know, normally you, you know, he would get to the rim because he was so good, but in those games. And I think I saw, we saw, I, I saw in the playoffs a couple of times with that guy or team where they fell short where it was like, ah, you don't kind of have anything else, right? Like he just kind of had that, that drive. Um, at Oklahoma, he played, he was an instant impact player as a freshman. Um, but I should also say those weren't also, those are also some of Lon Kruger's probably worst teams yes. before he left. Um, ended up transferring to Oregon where granted, I didn't see like, like you, I didn't see him much at Oregon, but I do remember, at Oklahoma, you know, it was like, it was similar, right? It was like, I was like, here's a guy who can get to the rim. Here's a guy who can, you know, kind of uh, lead the break. But what else, right? He was a point guard who was averaging, I think, two assists, right? So take him to Tech. Is he your lead guard, right? If he's your two guard, he's also, I don't know. Could he, can he play two guard? Maybe. I, um, I don't think so, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, that's so that I, I do wonder like if that's where like that conversation came in because you look at, um, um, I'm forgetting the guy's name, Fardaz, uh, Amak, um, yeah, yeah, um, 
leading scorer, Utah Valley, like that makes sense, right? Stretch big, pair him with Kevin O'Banner, boom. You guys, you know, that that pair makes sense. There's your Bryce, Bryson Williams replacement. Um, this one is a little bit more of a I'm trying to think because I think he can be a good defender. I don't know if he's asked to be, been asked to be one. Um, but I think Mark Adams probably sees his athleticism as like I can turn something, I can make that into something defensively. Um, so I'm not worried about that part, but yeah, it's the offensive end where I'm like, I don't know exactly where he fits in to what they want to do. Well, the thing is, so I remember at Oklahoma they had him and Mo Gibson as their backcourt, and it it worked at moments, but at times you're just too small. Like Mo Gibson mm-hmm. is six six one, and yeah. Davion Harmon's six foot flat. Like, and that goes to another thing. They list them as yeah. I was about to say they they list them as six two, and I'm like, there is no who, way that who six, did that. Two. ESPN has them as six two. Okay, no. Um, there's, uh, no, there's no. I'm sorry. There's no way he's six two. Crazy. Um, I I was I, almost looking Google right at him. It. Like when I when I saw him in person, I was almost looking at eye level. There's no way he's six two. No, he's he's not six two. But um, anyways, I I looked up his his stats, and you're right. I mean, two two assists per game guy. Uh, so it's really not a ton of creation from that standpoint. Um, the the shooting came around last year. It looks like a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was at, up to 36%. I yeah, think. but then if you filter by conference, it's 32%, 33%. And mm-hmm. that's more of what I, I've watched his shot enough in the three years that I've watched him to know it's not going to be as consistent as 37%. You're not getting 37% right. from him, at least not in high leverage games. I don't want him shooting the ball um, from three uh, consistently. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm not sure where I'm at with Davion Harmon because, like you said, he has to be a lead, lead ball handler. He has to be looking to score to a degree. And, I mean, he got 10 field goal attempts per game up last year in 32 minutes. That's a pretty mm-hmm. sizable clip here. So mm-hmm. um, he's a solid defender. I think he could work, but I don't think he's the player that I would have gone after if I'm Texas Tech. I really just don't don't love the addition here so I'll, I'll be i'll take the bullet if he ends up putting up 20 and five at Texas right. Tech and leads them to like a sweet 16 but i, I know I, right I, so um but yeah those are the two additions uh davion Harmon, fardras a make a mock um again i like the fardras one the fa one i like him a lot so we'll see how that goes terrence shannon was an interesting topic on twitter social media uh, I sent it to you. I didn't know 100% what to make of it. I feel like you have a better grasp on what exactly what happened than I do, because even as I read it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So mm-hmm. Terrence Shannon uh, initially was in the transfer portal, obviously looking at Michigan. He ends up going to Illinois. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, star center from Michigan, tweets about at Mark Adams. And I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so Hunter Dickinson tweeted out, um, I mean, I'll just read straight from it. Uh, Mark Adams is a coward. How are you going to deny a kid the chance to play where he wanted to go? Uh, were you really under that much pressure by your boosters to not sign off on him to take summer classes there to be able to graduate even after he announced he's not coming back? You should be ashamed. Uh, another there's a second tweet. You should be ashamed of yourself for using your power over a kid to prevent him from going where he wanted to just because he wanted him to stay at your school. Recruits and their families know that if you go to Texas Tech and don't like it, you may not be able to go where you want. So here's where the, so normally, yes, normally I would be 
on Hunter Dickinson's side, right? Like, okay, yes, you know, coaches should get out the way and, 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 you know, let the kid go where he wants to go. There shouldn't be transfer restrictions, all this stuff. Here's where I disagree here. Terrence Shannon announced that he was transferring after Tech got eliminated, right? Yeah. He stayed on, obviously scholarship, finishes out the semester, by all accounts is still using tech facilities or was still using, was able to use tech facilities and was able to stay in, uh, 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 stay in the, the more or less part of the program on scholarship, obviously, until he, gradu- or until he graduated. After he graduated, he's no longer a Texas Tech player. So what, what, what it looks like from this tweet from Hunter Dickinson, it looked like because Michigan, of course, has, you know, academic standards and things like that. That's things that have notoriously hurt them in the transfer market. Um, it sounded like Terrence Shannon needed certain credits to enroll at Michigan, right? What it sounds like is he needed to take summer courses at Tech. He's no longer a Tech player. So Mark Adams would have had to, like, make an exception to extend his scholarship to the summer, more or less, to pay for those classes. Mm-hmm. Why would he do that? <laughs> That's my thing. Yeah, jump through hoops um, to get. Yeah, like what? Why would Mark Adams lets him finish out? Right, Tech he, he, classes are paid for by scholarship or or, or uh, paid for to scholarship players. He's no longer a scholarship player. Yeah, it is on Terrence Shannon, in my opinion. It is on the player to be aware of certain academic requirements, certain admission requirements for the school you're going to. If he wanted to go to Michigan, he probably needed to pay for his own school, right? In the summer, mm-hmm. probably need to shell out what 4K or whatever it was. If you're Michigan, go get a booster to say, here's 4K, <laughs> go take these summer courses and go, you're Michigan, you have boosters everywhere. You, you just got off of NCAA probation a couple years because you, <laughs> you had boosters in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Like you have dudes with money, go give this guy five stacks and say, yeah, here, see you in July, right? Like yeah. go finish your, I don't know. That was, it was, that was a weird thing for me. And obviously Mark Adams hasn't spoken about it. Cause like, why would he, he has no reason. Again, he's not a scholarship player anymore. He has no reason to stay to, to speak on this. But I just thought it was really interesting um, that this tried to be a thing against Tech and Mark Adams, even though I'm like, I don't know, he's not a player anymore. Like, why would you make an exception for that? Um, Yeah, yeah. I definitely think Michigan could have done more. Like, and I don't know if it would have crossed the line of tampering. I don't know where, I have no clue where the lines are in the NCAA right now to where like what teams can and cannot do. But it's it's that way in football all the time there's you you can send someone to a junior college or something like that to get the credits and then boom mm-hmm. just have them enrolled and so he could have committed to michigan and then done what he needed to do and then you know sign there move up there and get all that done like take online classes and get the credits you need to i it's a situation where i feel like there's still a lot of gray area so i don't want to go uh, too much deeper sure, I was about to say, we're just basing this off two tweets but that's all we have right now yes but i feel like your i feel like your interpretation of them was accurate so that's or at least as accurate as we're gonna get at this point without knowing mm-hmm. if there was some dirt something dirty to it like i don't know but yeah um no it makes sense so that's where and i'm like i'm i'm an i'm i don't want to say i'm a pessimist but when it comes to coaches college coaches in every single sport these these coaches are not 
um, I don't want to call them slimy or anything like that because they're good guys right. um, or and good like good women all, all the good people but at the end of the day they are trying to win and these mm-hmm. are some of the most competitive people that you will meet and if that means that Mark Adams had the option maybe to sign off on something and you know help Michigan and he's like I'm more scared of Michigan than I'm Illinois you go to Illinois like I, I could see it I could see mm-hmm. it and that, sure. that's it's something that I feel like and not just that situation but a situation that could create an advantage is something that every single coach will do. And whether there's so many things we don't hear about under the table that happen that maybe undercut another school or undercut a a kid's ability to do to another school. Like it is a very, very, uh, I use the word slimy. It is a little, it's a slimy industry. You know, that's what it is. So um, I feel like there's enough blame to go around here um, just off of what we think we know. I think uh, one of the other things that (laughs) I tweeted this out because I'm also like, I don't know, like you mentioned, this is supposed to be kind of a slimy industry in terms of like cheating and all that stuff and all the like over the now basically over the counter cheating, right? With NIL, like, you know, people are getting money under the table. Now they're just like, yeah, here it is to your face. But Michigan, you lost a player because of admissions? (laughs) Like, like what? (laughs) That's the stupidest thing to me. You think Brad Underwood wasn't trying to like slide through emissions to be like, yeah, no, we're letting this kid in. What do you mean? <laughs> like, exactly. That's insane to me. In 2022, they can't cheat. <laughs> like, exactly. Michigan. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Like, I don't. You, like credit. What do you mean? You don't. No, you don't need the credit, right? Like that's what Juwan Howard goes to. He goes to the emissions officer. No, he doesn't need the credit. Like <laughs> the kids playing ball. What do you mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what blew my mind even more. I was like, yo, you're blaming admissions for not getting a player. <laughs> like, absolutely not. We are, we are in the ultimate era of, we didn't come to play school. Like this is, this is the ultimate era of that at this point. hundred like, percent. Oscar Sheboy just got $2 million to go back to quote unquote school. Right. Isaiah Wong uh, from Miami yeah. basically like tried to hold him ransom saying, yo, increase my deal or I'm, le- or I'm leaving. And then John Ruiz, the billionaire booster was like, nah, <laughs> I'm not increasing your deal, but you are staying. And he ended up he ended up reversing course the next week. Yeah, <laughs> like I, we're in we're in the we're in the gangster era of college, man. It's 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 what it is until the NCAA finally puts some damn guardrails on this thing. We're just kind of winging it right now. And it's yeah, it's amazing not to get too far off topic. Just how yeah. quickly it's evolved into this. Like it took one off season to be like, all right, boom, agents, boom, deals, <laughs> boom. Who's gonna offer me the most nio? It's, yep. it's evolved very, very quickly. Like I, tweet, um, like I, to, I told you before we started recording, uh, Baylor Shireman from South Dakota State, like he, you know, he was in, uh, Kansas was in for him. All these guys were in for him. Um, and all of a sudden, like he made his uh, NIL demands known. And all of a sudden everybody pull, like Kentucky pulls out and he's like, yeah, no, never mind. But you look and he has the same agent as Nigel Peck. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. All right, other news across Texas. We can roll through these a bit. Uh, Sule boom to Xavier. Uh, we surprised. We like it. We don't like it. How, how, do, how do you feel? Got to quit losing these guys out of state, man. We're losing, we're losing talent. Um, I mean, you know, if he, wants, if he wants to see his scoring kind of validated with, like, you know, a clo- uh, probably a more realistic tournament run, like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame it either. Um, I think it'll be interesting uh, to see him as, as Xavier. I think it's a good pickup for – 
Sean Miller over there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Manuel Bandamel uh, leaves SMU into the portal. I think that's a low key big departure, but at the same time, I have no clue what to make of this SMU program. <clears throat> at I, was the about, I was about to say, I don't, I have no idea what that program is going to look like. So maybe it was mutual. Yeah. So I, I don't know. There's too much uncertainty there for me to, to look at SMU at this moment. Uh, Matthew Meyer uh, enters the portal, but remains in the draft, which I think it could be kind of like a, uh, who, who was it? Uh, I'm not gonna play, but kind of could be like a situation where it's like, yeah, I'm still trying to go to the draft, but if I come back, then I'm going, <clears throat> I'm not coming back to Baylor. Right. From all indications, it looks like his primary goal is the draft. And then we'll, you know, he'll kind of see what happens after that. Which I, I think he should get drafted. I think in, in the second round, I think I haven't done my draft prep yet, which I really want to do for this year because it's an interesting draft. But yeah, um, I, I could see him going in, in round two at some point. So it's just another guy I'm interested to see. Another guy I'm interested to see in the draft, or I, I think he'll probably come back is Kenneth Lofton, uh, La Tech. The reason why I mentioned him is native Texan and also tech there. Uh, I think Texas is pretty, it's pretty much keeping an eye on him. Um, but he is going through the draft process. I believe it was tweeted out today that he's at uh, some combine, um, or at least on the first uh, tweet out that he was at some combine. So he's another guy who's kind of testing the waters. Um, I, I presume he would come back home to Texas somewhere if he came back to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but he's definitely, we talked about him before, he's an awesome player, whether it's Houston, yeah. uh, Texas, wherever, who, wherever he goes, I'm excited if he comes back in the state. Um, mm-hmm. Dylan DeSue, another player, yeah, entered the draft. I'm, I have no clue. I have no clue what to make of this because I don't think he's going to get drafted. Um, I think, yeah, no, I think, I think it's some. I think he's another one of those like, let me just see, right? Let me just see what I am. Because um, they they get like they'll get like legitimate like feedback, right? So it's yeah. like, hey, by the way, you're an undrafted player, but people like your vertical, you know, whatever it is. Um, and maybe I think I think a lot of these guys like to get a gauge of where the scouts see them before they kind of make a decision. I feel like entering the draft is the new way of entering the portal at this moment. Like sure, for a lot yeah. of players, like it's just like <clears throat> I, I want to go to the portal, but I don't want to just go straight to the portal. I want to go to the draft first and then the portal. So it's just and then they can maybe see what scenario, what on court scenarios fit them better or whatever, yeah. you know, like. If it's like, oh yeah, they want to see you score more. He's like, okay, well, I'll go to a team where I can score more. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That may, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, but Meyer from Baylor leaving Baylor and Edesu from Texas, those are two. If they both leave and don't come back to these teams, which we assume them not to, mm-hmm. that's those are big departures at this point. Trey, like, Mitchell, are, Trey Mitchell and Dylan Desue gone from Texas now. They got Timmy Allen back though. I mean, they Damn. do, but you know, he's also six five. In the Allen Center, he's running, yeah. running the small ball out there, man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we'll see how, how those two play out. Yeah. Marjorie's McBride, uh, North Texas transfer, uh, goes to Georgia. I mean, he's from Georgia, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, on paper, and I think he'll he'll do fine out there. I don't. I mean, North Texas continues to put players in the SEC, man. What can I say? <laughs> James Reese and now Marjo's McBride, you know. Grant's about to, Grant's gonna take an SEC job next year to be like, just so I can keep my players a bunch. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, you have those two in the SEC, and then you have two playing for the Texas Legends right now, the the G League team. So that's there, that's where all the North Texas players have gone. Um, and then North Texas adds 
Tyree Edie. And I've been keeping up with North Texas a bit, obviously, as far as the transfer goes. The trans- So I'm trying to look up his stats. He's from North, Te- North Dakota State. Um, here, let me look up his stats real quick. Four-year player at North Dakota State. Obviously, North Dakota State is a good basketball program every single year. Uh, last year, he put up 10 points. The last two years, he's put up basically 10 points. Um, 38% from three. Uh, six foot five, kind of an off guard type uh, type wing that can score. But I think this is a huge addition for North Texas. After losing Marjorie McBride, you get a guy who can shoot shoot the lights out. Career thirty nine percent three point shooters at six five, and from what what I've heard, he's a good defender as well, which is obviously a prerequisite to play at North Texas. So um, big pickup for them, and uh, it's definitely something they need considering UAB looking like a powerhouse and. La Tech will still be good, even though they lost Lofton, and uh, teams will continue to get better in the in Conference USA. Mm-hmm. The last player I want to mention here on the men's side is Adam Miller, a player not in Texas, not from Texas, but he has his final two of LSU and TCU. And he didn't play last year for LSU, um, but I went to a couple practices before the season, and I said, that guy's going to lead the team in scoring. So TCU has to like both these teams need adam miller uh mm-hmm. front this is a texas podcast so i'm gonna say on this podcast tcu needs him and yeah. he should go to tcu on my lsu podcast i will say that he needs to go to lsu <laughs> but um tcu needs this guy man i just they need he's a 15 plus point per game score as soon as he steps on the court like mm. started started on that illinois team two years illinois team two years ago that was a on the number uh, number one seed like this dude wherever he goes is going to fill it up so i think tcu and he did play with mike miles on that um on that uh team usa team the under 19 team so okay okay yeah. you know maybe that's a little bit of a connection there but i i don't know i think tcu needs him. Yeah. uh to a couple more I've, I've just found out about um a&m made a couple pickups julius marble the second from michigan state uh averaged six points three rebounds uh, six nine uh, shoots about sixty percent from the floor, and they also picked up Anderson Garcia from uh, Mississippi State for four points, four rebounds, uh, six seven. So they're adding some front court depth. It looks like they're yeah. inside. So two yeah, two good pickups for there. Looks like they'll have multiple years of eligibility left. Yeah, I looked through everything. I I I, I saw those um, as well. I think there's a lot of small additions at this point that teams trying to figure out their depth. Because that's mm-hmm. one thing in the transfer portal, era, transfer portal era is you're always replacing depth, I feel like, right. no matter what. So that's been interesting to watch. By the way, I think Texas made the final cut for Tyrese Hunter from uh, uh, Iowa State. So that could be a huge Ooh. pickup for them. He yeah, that would uh, be. was one of the top um, freshmen in the country last year. Oh, yeah. He lit up LSU in the, in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> Iowa State shot like. 40% from three, even though they Ooh. could not score on anybody else in the country. But <laughs> there you go. All right. And as I was looking through um, topics for the women's uh, side of the podcast, I realized we missed something last time. Uh, we talked about um, UTSA and Karen Aston getting Kira White mm-hmm. from USC and, you know, starter there um, for the most of her career, even though last year she came off the bench for the most part. The day after they got, she got Kira White. She also got the top scorer from USC, Jordan Jenkins, 
15 points per game, seven rebounds per game, six to forward. She got her to UTSA as well. Yeah. And <laughs> I have no clue what to make of this, but this is this is the most impressive job. This is the this is the biggest transfer of any, or maybe I don't know what the word how to describe this, but it's the most significant transfer for a program in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah, easily. (laughs) I I saw this and I was like, "How did I miss this last last week?" Like this, Jordan Jenkins, like USC wasn't great, but fifteen and seven in the Pac twelve, going to UTSA. Right. I yeah. It. This has to be like, out of any sport, like is the this got to be like the biggest transfer for UTSA ever, right? Like. USC's leading score, like going to UTSA, like it's insane. Like, I think, and this is why, again, this is why you hire Karen Aston, right? This is like because she has this pull. Um, if things aren't quite going the way you want to at, um, at, uh, wherever you are, right? Okay, well, might, why don't you come dominate, right? Come dominate a level where somebody like a Jordan Jenkins can push this team you know i'm not saying they're going to win this conference conference usa now but it's like okay now they're like now it's like an interesting team where you're like i don't think anybody wants to play utsa right now right like they were already like weirdly competitive in all their games this year and now it's like okay well now they're adding some interesting things um i believe she also won pac-12 like a newcomer of the year like or most improved player i should say player yeah like just an insane, an insane get. And now it's like, I mean, you add her, you add Kyra White, and it's like, what is, what is she building down there? Like, know, like what? Are you, I have, and especially because like the, the conference, the rest of the conference, I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's not looking as deadly right now. Like nope. UNT's losing players, UTEP's rebuilding everybody apparently, but <laughs> I just, I have, she literally, Let's just continue talking about Jordan Jenkins. She in conference play, she averaged eighteen and seven. I mean, she she was all all Pac twelve honors, tabbed yeah. as the most improved player. Had six double doubles, ranked among the conference and national leaders in shooting percentage. Even if she just if she just plays at that level, she's going to be one of the best players in conference USA. I was like about to say that's con- like if she just puts up those numbers, that's conference USA player of the year. Like, like UTSA might have just signed the Conference USA Player of the Year. <laughs> I with like how what what like two years left? Three years. She was a left sophomore potential? last year. She was a sophomore last year. So that's that's, that's nuts. That's just nuts. I I have no idea. Karen Aston, and we 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 raved about her last off season. You know, mm-hmm. just talking about you know set the foundation, do what you got to do. This is a complete start from ground zero. Like yeah, nothing to work with at all. And it took one offseason for her to make this type of splash. I cannot believe that. And that's it's she's winning right now. If we had a coaches transfer portal ranking, Karen <laughs> Aston is number one on that list for yep. how impressive this has been. Men's or I'm women's. To, I don't care. Let me see. I'm trying to see what her so I have her her hoop stats up uh for Jordan Jenkins. So she was, and she played points per 40 minutes. She was top 50 in the country. Yeah. Uh, she averaged 23 and a half per 40. Uh, she gets to the line a ton. She was 
12th in free throws made per 40. <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah. that's the other thing is like, if you can't, like, you know, when you get to the line, that basically means like nobody can guard you effectively, right? Like you're going to get some type of shot off. You're going to get into the lane. Nobody can stay in front of you. She's going to get to the line so much in Conference USA. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> I have, I just don't know. I, from you, like, again, you look at the West, North Texas, UTEP, Rice, La Tech, UAB. Um, probably forgetting somebody there. So, Southern Miss is the other one. Yeah, right. There's, she's going to be better. She's going to be the best player on any of those teams. Yeah. Like, like you, well, it's, it's, it's there for the taking like another that, player that, that, that division's there. Yeah. Another player we'll, t- we'll talk about Nia Boyd, Nia Boyd is going headed to UTEP two years ago. She was at North Texas last year. She was at Oklahoma state uh, at North Texas. She was their leading scorer, I believe. And so the, the jump to Oklahoma state made sense. And now she's going to UTEP. And I mean, it's a good pickup for UTEP. Obviously you take a chance on, on her being a 15 point per game scorer, Mm-hmm. But the the West in Conference USA is just not making a ton of sense right now, or it's at least not clear. The picture is not clear. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But that's a pretty big addition for UTEP. And then obviously UTSA gets significantly better as well. Um, Stephanie Vischer to Michigan State. How do we feel? I hate it. Damn. <laughs> um, obviously, because she's out of state, but I, that that kind of became – I don't know. That was kind of clear, especially with somebody who didn't have tie, right. She's from Sweden. So like, she didn't have ties to this. So she, she didn't have any motivation or really, or really any, like there was nothing keeping her here uh, mm-hmm. in Texas. So, and from that random Twitter account I saw, um, it didn't look like she was looking elsewhere anyway. Um, but I guess the thing I'm most disappointed in is like, if she leaves SFA, I would expect like the upgrade. Right. And I mean, like the, the the big upgrade. Like, sure, yes. playing in the Big Ten is 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 you know it's a step up from from uh, from mid major. But I would have probably presumed a school where she would have had a better chance of making the tournament. I don't think Michigan State is that great of a women's team right now. Um, they were, and, yeah. We I think we talked about they were like what seventh, sixth in the Big Ten, something like something that. like yeah, something like that. And it just was like okay, well, I would have expected, you know somewhere where a tournament's more or less guaranteed like i don't know maybe they offered her something like in terms of like role maybe they offered her a role that she was more involved in um maybe she didn't want to you know potentially come off the bench for a contender or something like that i don't know but there were 15 and 15 last year eight and nine in the conference um basically lost like every to every good team they played <laughs> um they lost to notre dame by double digits iowa by double digits I mean, did Michigan not offer her? This is my question here. Yeah. Like, did, so that's why I don't know. I know Michigan's very, very good, obviously, and that might be yeah. a tough ask to see if Michigan. I don't know Michigan's ro- uh, roster construction sure. at this moment. Oh, they did. Be, they did beat Michigan last year. There's one. There's one good well, one. There for you go. Michigan State. But like, but Michigan still. is a perennial top, you know, 10, 15 team in the country. Um, right. You go down that Big Ten list. Ohio State was really good this past year. I mean. I feel like there's just a, a lot of options if you wanted to be in the Big Ten. Sure. Better than Michigan State. And I'm I just I can't I can't I can't see Ohio State. I can't see even Michigan to a degree just being like, no, we don't want you. 
we don't I, I can't see them turning her away that just mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me but like you said maybe there's something we don't know or there has to be something we don't know I think for the most part yeah. uh, in making this decision and that's why I never want to try to be like oh this you know oh this is completely wrong but um on paper which is all we can speak from is looking at this on paper is I'm I am disappointed in it. I wish you would have gone to a bigger, bigger school. Yeah, I'm excited to see her in the in a better conference. But yeah, I, I would have hoped to have seen her with a team that's probably more cemented for for a March run. Yeah. Um. Also, Texas adding Taylor Jones, uh, which is actually a pretty big deal, but it does come with its question marks. Uh, Taylor Jones was first team All Pac-12 in mm-hmm. after the 2021 season. And she was a former five-star, you know, uh, excellent high school player. Last year, she only played nine games after before a having a shoulder surgery. Uh, she averaged 12.4 and seven rebounds in those games. In theory, I, I like this pickup a lot for Texas. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just not a direct replacement of Audrey Warren and the players that they lost. So. Sure. It is going to be different, and I, but I do think it adds a scoring punch because if you add her to Rory Harmon and Kendall Hunter, mm-hmm. you're looking at this team a little bit differently moving forward. You might have a little bit more of an offensive-type team under Vic Schaefer. Sure. Yeah, I think that she has, she gives them some size, you know, some scoring size. Um, 6'4", she averages about seven – it looks like about seven rebounds a game, almost between seven and nine rebounds a game, actually, looking at her career. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it gives – this type of move doesn't surprise me too much seeing as it looked like the past couple of years, you know, they're, they're players not named Charlie Collier uh, obviously had issues scoring the ball on the inside. And it looks like this will be, she's not a stretch big, right? She's a pure, she's a, she's very much an inside forward. So um, this looks like something that they're going to be, they're going to want to emphasize maybe is more, some more inside scoring for Rory Harmon to, to kind of uh, dish to. Yeah, because Lauren Ebo left as well, right? I struggled to mm-hmm. keep up with all the players. Yeah, left, I forgot so where she, she just she just landed somewhere too. I forgot. Uh, let me see. I'll let, I'll let you look it up. But Notre I think Dame. That, there we go. Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish every single player that transferred had to give like a um, two hundred word thesis <laughs> on why they transferred there. So that's be, that's like that's like the only admission requirement, right? <laughs> and it has to be public for everybody to know. Like, um, like why did Davion Harmon transfer to Texas Tech? Right. Uh, coach told me I'm gonna have the ball in my hands, and yeah, right. Yeah, you you got to be like as honest as possible. Is yeah. like, yeah, no, straight up, they gave me a bag. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> just, like, just, or, like yeah, just straight up. Was Texas Tech paying Davion Harmon the most money? Like, this right, is right. The things I need to know here. Right the background information like i i wish all this was just like nba free agency where it was just public yeah um and players like had their own podcast and where they just like sort of like yeah no this this is why but um (laughs) yeah that's that's all i wish for because why is lauren ebo going to notre dame i I mean it's another contender i don't know it's a a good team but it's good team but yeah the texas was a good team i I, I don't know (laughs) who knows who knows so yeah but that was um I think that's everything we had for the transfer portal this week. Uh, another good rundown, another eventful week. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the transfer portal closed as far as entries go on May 1st mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. So that was the last 
day players could enter the portal. So now we'll see if players start making their decisions. We'll see if players start coming out of the NBA draft, maybe withdrawing their name and just coming back to college. Uh, I told you, like, like we talked about, NIL will raise the quality of college basketball just as an overall product. And so I'm mm. interested to see who maybe comes back from the NBA draft that maybe wouldn't in maybe five years ago, you know, who is going to be back and who's going to be going to bigger schools. I, I'm Oscar Sheboy coming back for $2 million basically set my expectations for what I think players for players coming back that maybe yeah. I think in, in past years, 10 years ago, Oscar Sheboy probably, tries his hand at the draft just to be sure. like the 45th pick right i think yeah I, I don't know i think one especially once the once there becomes some more guidance and guardrails on nil i think is an overall plus for college basketball as a product because i mean when's the last time and like i can't remember somebody threw this out but it was like when's the last time a national player of the year went back to school you know like oscar sheboy is just running it back with kentucky and like that's unheard of, but he can do that because you know he's from uh, I believe he's Nigerian, and his like his mom was like not living in the best conditions. So like yeah, a couple years, just a couple years ago, right? He actually is from the Congo. I should repeat, uh, he's from the Congo, and um, just a couple years ago, yeah, of course that guy like goes to the draft, like it's a no brainer. But now he can afford to be like, you know what? I can probably, you know, one, I'm probably not going to get drafted high enough to where it's really justified. And two, I can make money playing here and then still be set for the NBA potentially. You know, a ceiling might not get that much higher. You won national player of the year averaging 17 and 17 or whatever he did. Like, it's not going to – it's hard to get better than that. But he can help probably win it, you know, compete for a national title and then, you know, help his parents out and help his family out and do all that stuff. Like, I don't know. Uh, right now we're everybody's kind of running with their heads cut off because, of course, nobody knows – really how, to, how this works or how this isn't working or whatever. So I think in the next like three years, we'll finally start to see some, some, some guidance. Um, if the NCAA figures its own crap out, which, you know, we'll see about that, but yeah. uh, they're right now, the NCAA is kind of like, I don't know what to do, but we're just going to let you guys do it. And until I think we'll see more situations like Oscar Sheboy where or ba uh, Baylor Shireman from South Dakota State I mentioned where it's like these big time guys are staying in school because they can make money and it's not just like I got to get out I got to make money I got to help my family out or whatever right so they can do it right now N Nigel Peck's another one right from Kansas State like these guys those guys will probably a couple years ago they probably bail and just go to the NBA but now I don't know I'm 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 for it but of course there needs to be some regulating of this because this is going to get a little too crazy yeah. as we saw with the Miami uh the Miami stuff with the John Ruiz their booster <laughs> yeah uh you asked the last the last player that won national player of the year and came back to school my guess was right in my head uh Tyler Hansborough it was definitely Tyler Hansborough <laughs> oh okay I was about to say I feel like that's just who everybody thought of like immediately <laughs> It's like Tyler Hansbro. It's Tyler Hansbro. Come on. Of course, that dude was a lunatic. <laughs> you knew Tyler Hansbro was the one. Um, I actually don't. Before that, I don't think any of these. I'm I'm struggling to look. I'm I don't. It might have been like the '80s the last time before that because I don't see anybody else. Um, really. Um, maybe I'm missing someone, but it was a lot of seniors. Mm. But anyways, that's all we have for y'all today. Uh, Transfer Portal Podcast. Uh, hope y'all enjoyed it. Um more coming every week uh, as we know 
Uh, we'll see if TCU gets Adam Miller. Um, some other decisions we'll have to see um, in the coming weeks as well. Maybe Karen Aston will go pick up another top scorer from a major conference. Who knows? She goes, she goes get Kendall Hunter from Texas. Just right. <laughs> just, uh, just something crazy that we're not expecting. Uh, Karen Aston has now raised my expectations of her as a recruiter. So, I mean, she's already done for the, the year, though. She can do whatever she wants at this point. So, um. But yeah, that's all we have for y'all today. We hope you all enjoyed it. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, Spotify, Apple. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Check out the content at TexasBasketball.com. And yeah, we will talk to y'all later.